1: Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week you can always come here to listen to a lot of the stories that people like you and myself are experiencing in the world, from angels to aliens, shadow people to Hatman, from holy to the unholy. I welcome you, the listener, to go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com and write as much detail as you'd like about whatever it is that you're experiencing. Or if you'd like to be a guest on this program to share your experiences or some of your research or just comments about anything out there, I welcome it. The more the merrier. And uh, it's absolutely fascinating to me. We're always growing, aren't we, in this world. There is nothing that is absolutely definitive. No one has all of the answers. And if anybody says they do, run in the opposite direction, because it's not real. <laughs> so I am here to be uh, a sounding board. I'm here to take it in just like you. And yes, I've written a lot of books on a lot of different topics. I'm also a comic strip artist. So I do a paranormal comic strip. I welcome you to go and check out. It is called The Outlanders. I've been doing it for some time. And uh, (laughs) if you like Bigfoot, if you like aliens, if you like ghosts, check it out. So just go to outlanderscomics.com and uh, enjoy. I will never stop doing that. It's all I ever wanted to be was a comics trip artist and look at me now. Whoa, my goodness. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things like, hmm, I really enjoy what I do. Some people don't always get it and that's just fine by me. Uh, but I also say this life is not my own. I know I'm here to try to help others get comfortable with themselves when it comes to Stranger topics, uh huh, and overcoming it, just taking it on, not sitting by idly and just getting comfortable with things if they're assaulting you. And of course, embracing your spiritual side, your faith side, and being able to know that you're okay if you have a different opinion. It's okay. I call myself Christian because that's how I believe others and my good friends have so many varieties of faiths and beliefs. And guess what? We get along just fine. (laughs) It's okay. We can have our biased uh, opinions. But do we have to hate on each other because of it? I think enough bloodshed has been done over the years in regards to faith and religion, don't you? We all feel we're correct. And uh, I stand by mine. But I try not to bash people for what they believe to be true for themselves. And that is true when it comes to even alien abductions. Like, a lot of people feel their alien is good, even though they've abused them and whatnot. I personally, eh, I don't believe that. But I try not to bash people for believing that for themselves. Hey, if it's uh, something that you believe is okay for you, I say go for it. Um, But it is hard. Isn't it hard? Like I'm sitting here going through my own bias going, ooh, but they're demons. (laughs) And uh, people are like, oh boy, here we go with the demon stuff when it comes to aliens. Well, they could walk through walls and um, they don't like the name of Jesus much. And uh, let's see here. Uh, So yeah, I've got my biased (laughs) opinions about it. And uh, then I know that connection between shadow people, hat man, and the agenda of some of these more negative beings. So it's really, it gets hard, man. It gets hard. We have our opinions. And uh, I'm doing my best to try to steer people to overcome the more negative things, to move past it, grow, and uh, get comfortable. Because we shouldn't be afraid to go to sleep at night in fear of something coming and grabbing you or your children out of your bed and doing awful things to you. And uh, because you get used to it, is it positive? I don't think so. But I also know there are some positive aliens out there, just not the abducting ones. But again, that's my opinion. So... (laughs) It's like, yeah, I, I have that, people have theirs, and it's helping me to get to this topic I want to talk about today, because I get a lot of uh, conversations and uh, chat messages and emails where people will say to me, well, are you sure that what it is that uh, these shadow people are doing, it's all negative? Because the shadow beings I've seen, you know, they're not negative. I'm like, well, what makes you say they're not negative? Well, they didn't scare me. Oh. Well, that's great good for you it didn't scare you um some of us (laughs) don't like to see big black masses with glowing red eyes coming around choking people so that's my opinion um so you know when people tell me that uh oh gosh those guys seem rather neutral you know they're just doing their own thing and i was doing my own thing and they didn't harm me they didn't scare me so i don't see anything that's really negative about what it is that they're doing but One thing when it comes to these negative things, these beings, they can be really patient if you're a tough customer to get through and break through and to abuse you the way that they want to. So they'll take their time. They will take their time. So they might be scoping you out or they weren't even looking your direction. Perhaps you just caught them eyeballing somebody else's soul. Uh, (laughs) So uh, yeah, when it comes to these outright demonic things, I am highly biased and uh, I'll call it out for what it is. And again, some people are like, well, you know, I'm good with them. They don't bother me any. And I worry for them because I know the progressive state these types of sightings can be. So you see them at step one, poking their heads around the corner. And I've seen a lot of videos of that, like, whoa, whoa, what was that? Poked his head around the corner. Well, if it's poking its head around the corner like that, it's not usually a shadow being, uh, though people will tag it as that. Those are little alien things using hoods that they have on their heads. Shadow beings don't need to poke around a corner because they could poke through the corner if they really wanted to. Um, So, yeah, and especially when they're short. Those are, those are aliens, those are not shadow beings, but because they're absent of light, or shadowed, in general, people will say that's a shadow being. No. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's just my understandings uh, from research, and I have been doing this for over 20 years, people, when it comes to just the topic of shadow people. <laughs> and they're like, what? How could you have been doing this that long? Well, I mean, that's how long it took to spread around the world for me to put word out there. And uh, you're welcome. <laughs> it's, been, it's been quite a a, a challenge. But um, it's one that I, I'm, I'm proud to say that I took on and was able to conquer uh, in informing people. But I still often get emails of people saying, I thought I was the only one. And, uh, you know, here's another question I get. Oftentimes people are like, well, how do you know that people just didn't see your image and they got it ingrained in their head? And this is why they're seeing or experiencing shadow people or the hat man. And I'm like, because it's quite usually the opposite. The person suddenly feels like, well, let me do a search on this topic. And lo and behold, they come across shadow people hat man and then they contact me so it's been uh, quite an interesting uh, turn of events <laughs> for myself over the years to see this pattern happen again and again it is not the other way around i'm not impressing this upon people people are shocked to see they're not alone another common question i tend to get that i wanted to address here today uh, a lot of people are like well aren't shadow people just ghosts? And I'm like, nope, nope. And they're like, well, how can you tell the difference? Well, shadow people don't have a very definitive shape to them when it comes to being human looking. So shadow people, head and shoulder shadow being. It looks like a big hulking, like rounded shouldered like type of creature with its head directly connected to its shoulders and it's kind of rounded and you don't make out feet or legs usually, or even arms for that matter. And uh, sometimes they'll show their disgusting glowing red eyes. Not always. Uh, so those are the shadow people in their normal sense and stance. And then then there is uh, these little like shadow rodents, uh, shadow clouds, shadow streaks, where you think a bat got loose in your place or something. You're like, what is going on here? Did I just see a a bat you know or a big black bug and and they're just absent of light and it's like such a strange thing to see and it just makes no sense because you know you saw something it could be in your peripheral vision or straight on and it's always just so bizarre like that just doesn't belong in my home (laughs) I don't know what that was so yeah they're not People, But I will tell you this, there are ghosts where you do see more of distinctive shape like a person. And you get this different kind of vibe. Like shadow people give you this vibe of, I think my soul is at risk right now. I'm not that comfortable all of a sudden. But when it's a person, it's more neutral, and it does look more like a person. Hat man can look very much like a guide standing there. He doesn't always wear a hat. But his menacing presence, if he's looking your way, unmistakable that it's him, that it's not a human being. You can feel that malevolence, and it's such a strange thing to say. It's like, well, how's that possible? How do my cells or my body feel anything? Pay attention. You'll feel it. Something in our soul just screams, devil, <laughs> run. I don't know what that was. I got to get out of here. So uh, yeah, so sometimes it can be a ghost, but it feels a lot more neutral. But if Hat wasn't looking your way, it can also feel neutral too. But if it's just a guy standing there with his hands in his pockets and he's got a trench coat or a cape, sometimes with a hat, sometimes not. Probably him. (laughs) So, uh... I hope that helps clear things up, and I want to welcome you guys once again. Go to HeidiHollis.com, H E I D I H O L L I S.com, and send me whatever it is that you're experiencing out there. Put as much detail as you'd like because it is always appreciated. And boy, I have to tell you, we've got quite a treat today. L.A. Marzulli is going to be here discussing so much of his research and uh, his documentary center. Just Wow. Just just wow. <laughs> it is uh, going to be an interesting show, you guys. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and we will be right back.
2: Stick around. Don't go anywhere. There's more Heidi Hollis coming right up. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And as promised... I have a fantastic guest, L.A. Marzulli. What was once taboo is now tabloid, and L.A. has been at the forefront, asking questions, analyzing findings, and seeking the truth. L.A. actively researches life's mysteries, writing books, directing films, and lecturing on topics that help us better understand the past, present, and future. So everybody, round of applause. L.A. Marzulli, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Are you kidding me? I am just like <laughs> so excited to have you on the show. Wow. So your amount of work, I I can't even put it into words. I mean, I guess it's always fun to ask people, you know, what, what sparked your interest to go into the topics that you do in general?
6: Well, it, it really goes back to my first mentor with all this. The guy's name was Dr. I.D.E. Thomas, and he wrote a book called The Omega Conspiracy. And what that did when I read it I probably read it in one or two sittings, two sittings at the the most. It's a short little book, and it changed my life. I mean, literally changed my life. Uh, Dr. Thomas was standing on the shoulders of other researchers who came before him, and he was talking specifically about the Nephilim, the Genesis 6 passage, the idea that fallen angels came down and had sex with earthly women and producing a hybrid known as the Nephilim. And that's a three-hour conversation. We don't have time to really peel back all the layers. I mean, that's why I've, I've written 12 books on the subject and produced uh, seven films in the Armour of the Nephilim series. But I'm always looking for that unified um, <clears throat> idea, unified theory, which encompasses all paranormal activity, um, including so-called ancient aliens and alien abductions. The uh, places like Soksewaman, the Great Circle Mountain in Ohio, um, Gilgal Raphaim in Israel, I mean, everywhere. And I think I've done that. I think, I think we have found a, a, a unified theory, which encompasses all the phenomena. And, of course, because I hold to a biblical worldview, that's, that's why it works, because I start there with the fallen angels and move out. But it was really Dr. Thomas who uh, got me into all this. <laughs> and the first book was published in 1999 called Nephilim, was published by Zondervan, a subsidiary of HarperCollins, and then we did two more uh, follow-ups. So there's really a Nephilim trilogy. It's all fictional work, but it's based on all the research. And then from there, it just
1: mushroomed into what we have going on today. My goodness, and do you you seem to have a, a common theme? Like you said, you kind of work your way out from the biblical standpoint. Uh, I'm never shy to say on this program, I'm Christian. It's like, look, you know, if we're going to talk about uh, an opposing force, like I I often talk about demonic things. It's like, of course, I'm going to talk about Jesus or something too, you know, it's like balance it out. (laughs) But uh, so your approach, do you ever get any pushback or static for having some of the perspectives that you do?
6: You know, I do, but it's very rare. I mean, I think people respect, um, the fact that I am a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. I don't run around, you know, quoting Bible verses and waving, hitting people over the head. But I, I make my case, and I think the films speak for themselves, raise up the low They the thing speaks for itself. The films speak for themselves. Um, we're just pointing out what we believe is a hidden history that's been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. And, and we do it uh, in all the books and all the films and pretty much everything that we possibly can do. Uh, I do a daily radio, or yeah, a daily YouTube show, politics prophecy and the supernatural. And we always are talking about uh, the supernatural. We had a gentleman on this this week, Pastor Jeremy Malik, who had an encounter with can only be described as a demonic hybrid. I mean, this guy was six four, six five, very built, very weird, weird clothing, clothes didn't fit quite right. So what else is new? How many times have I heard that before? And when they drove away, the guy pushed back his hair, revealing. Total black eyes, one hundred percent black eyes. Oh. And yeah, and they both Jeremy and his son remember this very vividly, and it's now five or six years ago. And when you have an experience like that, it doesn't go away. It it, it lingers. It you think about it. it. It I don't want to use the word haunt, but in some ways, it does haunt you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And I definitely have had my share of folks uh, writing in or calling in about their demonic uh, experiences when it comes to shadow people or hat man topics that I yeah, put yeah. out there to the world. It's, a, it, it's, it changes a person and yeah, I, people say 40 years ago, I experienced this thing and I can't sleep well at night. I have to sleep with a light on. So yeah, it's wild. Oh, you know, I, I, I have to say too, I, I haven't had a lot of static from people though. I often talk along the Christian perspective as well. So it's, it, it's really kind of a, uh, it gives a, a different kind of hope, <laughs> you know, so it, it's it's really uh really fascinating now you also uh you put out a fabulous film. I really enjoyed it uh the fatima uh film it, and I, I i can't remember here it was at the harbor's Deception. Uh, Harbor of deception, Harb- what, Harb- Harb- of deception. Mm-hmm. Yes. can you tell us a little bit about that?
6: Yeah, um, I've been a student of Fatima for years, uh, over 20 years now, um, when I first got wind of it. I actually wrote about it in Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural Report, or, I'm sorry, not Report, just Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. Uh, and my, the wellspring for that came from two people, Fina de Armada and uh, Joaquin Fernandez, who wrote books, Celestial Lights, and they had a different opinion on the, the alleged apparition that appeared um, over the Moors in 1917. So after reading their work, again, my unified theory, going back to the biblical narrative, there's no way this is Mary, the Bible. Uh, this has got to be something else. And and the further I dove down that very strange rabbit hole, uh, and, and we show this specifically in Fatima II, strange phenomenon, uh, it's it's just mind-boggling. But So for your listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, it's 1917, World War One is raging, the Bolsheviks are taking over the uh, – the, the, the kicked out the czar and, and Russia, and they're creating what will be the USSR, and that will hold true for about 70 years. So it just basically falls of its own weight, leaving 75 million people perishing in the gulags and, and other dreadful, horrible uh, uh, tales of, of of human woe and suffering under the rule of communism. And, and we're on the fast track in this country, but I digress. So the bottom line is that that's that's the tenure. That, that, that's what's going on in 1917. And the people in Portugal are freaked out. And who wouldn't be? I mean, World War I is raging. The communists are taking over. People wonder whether they're going to come into, the, into Europe. I mean, it's a very, very unstable time. A group of psychics get together. And through the occult practice of automatic writing, what that is, is a person surrenders themselves to an outside agency. Uh, they're a psychic, whatever whatever ability they have, but they're surrendering themselves to another entity who then takes over their hand and begins to write. So they got a message. These psychics got a message, and basically it said on, on, May, um, on, on, May, 7, on May 13th of this year, 1917, something wondrous will happen in Portugal. Well, they published it in the newspaper. Meanwhile, another group of psychics got the same message. So you got two different psychic groups getting the same message. They're writing down automatic writing. They publish this thing. So, you know, okay. So what? So on May thirteenth, something wondrous did happen. This entity appeared to three children, uh, Lucia, Francisco and Jacinta. Lucia Lucia was 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 ten, Francisco nine, Jacinta seven. They're illiterate shepherds. They can't read or write. All they've heard is some of the gospel stories. They're very poor. They live in this Village way out in the middle of nowhere called Fatima, Fatima, and um, they have this encounter with this entity, who tells them to come back at the 13th of each month, and so they do. And basically, the thumbnail sketch. We don't have a lot of time, and I can go on for an hour on this, uh, which is why we made the film. But uh, basically, what happens is uh, this continues month after month after month. So you've got you've got May. June, July, August, the kids are, are in quarantine, so they do, they're they not allowed to go there, they're in jail, actually. September, they go back, the magistrate, the priest, by this time, the crowds have swelled, thousands and thousands of people were showing up, and the entity, which was female, uh, had a short skirt, just fell below the knees, which is very atypical uh, for, for Europe in in that time. Women wore long skirts down to the tops of their shoes. I mean, You didn't see women walking around in miniskirts like you do today. Just didn't happen. I mean, modest women wore dresses that fell to the tops of their shoes. Not even, you know, today a modest dress falling below the knee. Didn't happen back then. Didn't happen. Even prostitutes didn't (laughs) wear short dresses. So this entity was in a short dress, and uh, it's been dressed up in Catholic clothes. It was Mary. It was this. Well, the the children are, are told to ask the entity for a sign, so they do. The entity says, yes, there'll be a sign. Come back on October 13th. This uh, leads to upwards of seventy to 80,000 people showing up on October 13th waiting for the sign. So the, the entity was supposed to show up at noon. She's an hour late. She shows up at 1. Only Lucia and, and Jacinta could see and hear her. Francisco could only see her but not hear her. So <laughs> it, it just goes off the rails from that point. The people who are there see something happen. It's been raining all, all morning, raining all night, all morning. People were drenched. Uh, their clothes are wet. The ground is wet. All of a sudden, the sun comes out. The clouds part. And then a, another cloud moves in in front of the sun. And from that cloud comes a spinning disk-like object. Now, how do we know that? Because we've got lawyers and doctors who come on the record and tell us, point blank, that I looked up, I'm quoting, I looked up and saw a dull silver disc. Jeez. Right. Amazing. I looked up and saw a dull silver disc. 1917, the words UFO, flying saucer, are not in the vernacular. It's not there. That won't come till mid-century.
1: Right, right. And- well, you know, uh, we'll have to take a break here, and we'll continue this conversation in the next segment. So you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM paranormal podcast network and wow i I, i'm just blown away by this conversation so much unique information ellie marzulli we'll be right back everybody
3: i'm scott weinberger journalist and former deputy sheriff in my new podcast series cold-blooded the Apollo Jim murders. I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert.
4: It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us.
3: Experience this investigation in a truly unique way knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer.
5: Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective, uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case,
3: and your name came up, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I
6: thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut. I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say. Anything.
3: Listen to Cold Blooded: The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Tired of thinning hair and not so thrilled with the options to reverse it? After 10 years of extensive research, Dr. Nathan Newman is proud to introduce Reveal. Easy to apply Reveal works great on men and women and is used in the comfort of your home, applied morning and evening. Free of parabens, sulfates, silicones, and dyes, Dr. Newman uses stem cell technology and natural ingredients in this revolutionary product.
4: is the only product that can be used for men and women without having to worry about side effects on your heart. It wasn't an accidental discovery. It was really made for the hair, so it doesn't have all the side effects that all the other products that we had. Because it was made for the hair, it really has very good effect very quickly. You will see the changes in your hair, not in two years, but you will see it within two or three months. You will see that it's thicker, is more lustrous, better. The more you use it, the more it will continue to benefit and maintain the hair because it's a fight against our genetics and against the hormonal changes that we get. Once you start using it and you see the benefit, you want to maintain it by continuing to use it. Reveal
0: is a luxury home care system applied twice daily that is as good a treatment as you would find at the most exquisite salons at a fraction of the price. And only at HealthyLooking.com can you get Reveal with free smart delivery shipping. Simply enter discount code GEORGE. Time to return to a fuller looking head of hair with Reveal from HealthyLooking.com or by phone 24-7 at 800-604-3129. 800-604-3129. Genuine Reveal is not available in stores. Order today at HealthyLooking.com. Reveal.
2: You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Just before the break, L.A. Marzulli joined us, and wow, we're talking about Fatima and some of the things that he uncovered in his fabulous film. And you were just describing to us when uh, the children of Fatima gathered together. Was it? You know, did you say Seventy to 80,000 witnesses came together? Correct. And a disc was reported to have been seen, versus what uh, was generally put out there to the public. Correct?
6: Well, the Catholic Church has spun it that it was so-called miracle of the sun. They've, I mean, they've controlled the narrative. Fatima is big business. Um, the two, the two kids, uh, Jacinta and Francisco, have been canonized. They're now saints. Their bodies lay in this very large cathedral. People come and, and pay homage to them, and but. Okay, you know, and again, we say in the film, people believe what they want to believe. If you want to believe that it was a Virgin Mary that appeared to the kids, believe it. I'm not going to argue with you. You believe what you want to believe. What we go through, and then the film, we base the entire film on the handwritten testimonies from 1917, not stuff that comes in 10 or 12 years later, not Lucia's or Lucia's memoirs from 1928. Nope. Everything is from 1917. The handwritten testimony by Father Fiera. That's, that's what we go on, because that's as closest to the event as we can get. People look up, and it's more than one witness. I looked up and saw a dull silver desk. So the Catholic Church has unfortunately spun it into this miracle of the sun. They said, but the sun came down and buzzed the crowd. Well, if it was the sun that actually moved from its position, we'd all be fried, first of all. There will be no Earth over here. And it was a local phenomenon. It only happened in and around Fatima. People in France didn't see anything. All right, People in America didn't see anything. So the sun didn't move. So if it wasn't the sun, what was it? What was it? And that's the whole point of the films. It wasn't the sun. It was a disk, like object, that descended on the crowd. And you got to remember that the people in that field, upwards of 99%, had never seen any aerial phenomenon at all. Nothing. No airplanes over Portugal. Nothing. So they're looking at something which might be 60 feet in diameter, and they're freaked out. And it did spin, and, and it glinted off light, and it changed colors. Different people saw different things, and we've, we've got answers for that. We understand why. It wasn't the sun. In my opinion, it wasn't the Virgin Mary. It wasn't Mary of the Bible. It was something else. Uh, And there's ancient, there was and still is ancient goddess worship in Fatima in in Portugal to the goddess Mora, who presented herself as a seductress, and then she would turn into a serpent and devour the men that would chase her. Uh, And there's still serpent cults in northern Portugal. So it's very dark. There's a principality that's been there for thousands of years, never been deposed. Um, The fact that automatic writing was used to uh, alert everyone That's an occult technique. We're forbidden to do that because we're contacting uh, basically demonic entities. This was not Mary the Bible, in my opinion. This was not the sun, in my opinion. It was, in fact, a UFO event, which was then dressed up in uh, clothes that that would fit a particular narrative, and it's been that way ever since. Uh, Other people have seen sun miracles. In fact, we show a clip of sun miracles at the end of... The first film, and it's just a mind blower. You know, this isn't, in other words, some so called sun miracles are still happening all over the planet. And we've got one from 2017, that's not that long ago, in Knock, Ireland. And you can hear the absolute hysteria of these people who are witnessing it just total hysteria, pandemonium. So, you know, again, in the film, we say people have a right to believe what they want to believe. And we're not going to argue with it. All we're doing is presenting. What we believe is a true account that this was a harbinger of deception. It had nothing to do with Mary of the Bible, and certainly the sun did not fall to earth and buzz the crowd. It was something else entirely.
1: You know, there's always a process trying to uh, move in new realities and understandings uh, when it comes to (laughs) individuality, I guess, and, and, and perspective and uh, And one of the things that i I find is fascinating is how people develop and and get it to the, to an understanding where they can express themselves and to their family and friends uh you know like you have this newer understanding that I think that others have suggested that is what was going on you know because they read some of these other accounts, but it didn't quite hit the masses to be like oh it wasn't a dancing sun it it was a disk so it's like how do we get to uh express and explain to the true hardcore believer this is not what what it was i mean how do you help people understand I, the film is it was done great i mean thank you i appreciate it that it much. really helps to to explain so much and how do you personally on a personal level i mean family friends i mean how do you how do you break this?
6: <laughs> well, it's very difficult. My my uh, my entire family on the East Coast, are and I was raised Catholic also, and I'm not bagging on Catholics here, but but you know they've raised they they were they're still Catholic. I'm I'm born again, spirit filled. So I think you know that's a three-hour conversation, and there is a difference between just going to church and doing a ritual, and then having an encounter with the living God, an ongoing encounter with the living God. That's what happened two thousand years ago. Uh, through Jesus and still is available today. But, of course, like all truth, it, it becomes incredibly mucked up and, and obfuscated, and that's how, unfortunately, it has become. But I don't broach the subject with people. Uh, again, we say there's a disclaimer in the very first film. We go, people have a right to believe what they want to believe. Every year, you know, hundreds of thousands of pilgrims, millions of pilgrims go to Fatima each year. Millions of Muslims encircle the Kaaba Stone in Mecca. Millions of Hindus celebrate Guru Puja Guru every year. Millions of, of uh, uh, Buddhists worship at thousands of temples. People have the right to believe what they want to believe. And we're not going to argue that. And I, I don't want to argue that. If you, if you think that Buddha is God, then, you know, meditate. But if you come to me and you say, what do you think? I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell you what I think. There is no such thing as enlightenment. Right? I mean, that's it's just nonsense. Well, it, it never deals with the fundamental issue, man's depravity. There's only one religion that deals with man's depravity. That is Judeo-Christian thought. That's it. Everybody else just masks it. But, you know, Christianity says you're a sinner. You need redemption. Here's how you get redeemed. You believe on him who was sent, Jesus, and you believe in the work of the cross. And that's it. That's all you got to do. You don't have to go in a monastery and meditate for 50 years. You just believe... And he comes into your life and begins to change you. That happened to me 41 years ago. So, you know, circling back to Fatima, um, it was a harbinger of deception. And what's breaking in the news today, the whole UFO phenomenon. It's everywhere. What was once tabloid is now mainstream. And... People embrace it, and it's on Fox News for crying out
1: loud. I mean, go figure, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. I don't know how to uh, take what they're dishing out right now at this level. It's like, oh, you know, we weren't qualified to look at the sky ourselves and to say this is what's happening, everybody. But the guy in the suit in the fancy building, uh, (laughs) he could tell you it's real. And all of a sudden, we should all, you know, bow and say, thank you. We're so appreciative. I, I mean, I've known so many people that have lost their jobs, lost their families, lost their minds because they were made to believe that they were talking utter nonsense. So right. yeah. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not thinking that all of a sudden out of the kindness of their heart, they're just going to spill everything as it is. I think they're going to uh, deceive <laughs> and guide the, the narrative as they'd like. Well said, Heidi, well said. Oh my goodness. It's, it's absolutely scary, honestly, to know where they're going to go with it. But <laughs> so I, I'm curious. So you're talking about the Nephilim earlier. What, uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, where you're going on that angle. Well, we have a new film coming out in the
6: series. There's now six that are available. You can go to streaming.lamarzulli.net, streaming.lamarzulli.net. watch all six. binge watch them for under 25 bucks. If you want to buy the discs, you got to go to the website, and that's lamarzulli.net. Seven is coming out. Lost civilizations. Our, our good friend of ours, Bob Ulrich, of Prophecy Watchers has screened the film. He said it was the best film in the series so far, head and shoulders above everything else. I would like to think I'm getting better as a director and an editor, but we take the viewer, you know, from Gilgay Raphaim in Israel, to Sardinia, to Sicily, to Malta, to Gozo, to France, to Peru, to Teotihuacan. I mean, we're all over the map, all over the globe, and we're showing a connectivity, that there are all these lost civilizations, and no one, the same same old excuse from archaeologists is used endlessly. Well, due to climate change, the people abandoned the site. Well, we're not buying that power, okay? You don't build (laughs) a huge something like Corral in Peru, the 5,000-year-old thing, and then just abandon it. Just go, wow, you're only 14 miles from the sea. I'm not buying that at all. 14 (laughs) miles from the sea. You have plenty of time to bring fish in and out. And there's a river that goes right next to the site are you you got fr, you got fresh water up the wazoo no 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 no. something else happened and this is why we call it nephilim architecture Fallen angel technology these these sites they're they're raised up they're inhabited for a time and then they disappear and then the inhabitants disappear native americans when asked by white settlers coming into ohio who built the great circle mount who built these mounds? Native Americans said, we don't know. It was here when we got here. But all that spun. All that, well, that was was 150 years ago, LA. We can't possibly go with that, even though that's the truth. No, 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 no. Native Americans built the sites. They just forgot that they had done so. That's what Cyrus Thomas put forward in the beginning of the 20th century. And that paradigm is still upheld in archaeological circles. So people like me... I'm Mr. Tinfoil Hat, but people like me for 30 years have been banging the drum of the reality and the veracity of UFOs. Now who's wearing the tinfoil hat, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You tell me. You tell me. You're awfully uh, bashful there about uh, (laughs) your approach, L.A. I love it. You're just like all in it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This has been a really fascinating conversation, and I have got to tell you, I have friends And family who have different backgrounds, different beliefs, different religions, and it's all very interesting, fascinating stuff. And, you know, I'm Christian. I always say that. And I have my bias. I look at things from a certain perspective, and that's the way I follow. But wow, to have this kind of perspective where somebody goes in and digs in deep to prove that what's been painted might not be exactly what it was so keep an open mind you guys you're listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iheart radio and coast to coast
2: am paranormal podcast network and we'll be right back don't go anywhere there's more heidi hollis coming right up
3: i'm scott weinberger journalist and former deputy sheriff in my new podcast series cold-blooded
0: If you feel stressed, suffer from fatigue, moodier than usual, or would like to fall asleep easier and sleep more soundly, while losing weight, do we have something for you. Accelerate and Elevate. I take Elevate, performance supplement in the morning for energy, and laser focus for work. Then before bed, I take Accelerate, weight management and sleep combo. And indeed, I now sleep soundly through the night. Plus, I'm losing weight. It's amazing. I've
2: maybe gotten
5: four to five hours of sleep max a night. I'm sleeping between six and seven. I wake up to use the
2: bathroom, but I go right back to sleep, which has never happened before, which is pretty awesome.
4: I noticed a higher level of happiness. I also noticed that I wasn't taking naps. I had more energy. I was more in the moment
2: with my kids. Like we were laughing more. We were more excited. Every single person needs to feel this. I lost 10 pounds and five and a half inches off my waist. And I'm so proud of myself. It gives you energy. It helps you sleep better. It just works. I stand by it 100%. I was the a handful of medications to help me sleep, to help me be happy. Tons of therapy. When I'm ready to go to sleep, I'm getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night. I've lost some pounds, um, inches mainly. My family has me back.
0: Try Accelerate and Elevate. Discounted for listeners to the show. Plus further discounts with the George Power Pack, including a free gift. Learn more and order now at our website, energyfocussleep.com. That's energyfocussleep.com or 800-394-9930. So jump on the path now to all-day energy, better sleep, and weight loss with Accelerate and Elevate. EnergyFocusSleep.com, EnergyFocusSleep.com or 800 or 9930
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And my guest today is LA Marzulli, who was just speaking of the mound builders and the Nephilim and I'm really excited to learn more about this new film you're about to put out.
6: Lost Civilization is number seven in the series, and, and we basically have traveled, like I said, uh, in the other segment, pretty much, you know, not all over the globe, but at a lot of different places. We go from, from Israel to France to Sardinia to uh, the island of Gozo in Malta and uh, in Sicily, and then uh, Mallorca, uh, France, England, Peru, Teotihuacan in Mexico, and then, of course, all of the United States. And what we're showing are the fingerprints of the supernatural, what we would call the fingerprints of a supernatural. We get into the megalithic stones and the fact that all these sites are built on an 18 and a half year lunar cycle. Um, many of them are built on an 18 and a half year lunar cycle, and we delved into that in, in our mound builders film. And just to give you an idea of how absurd this is, so the great the great octagon mound, which encompasses roughly 50 acres, it's in Ohio, so it's an octagon, but it's not a regular octagon; it's an uneven octagon. How would you check your work? 50 acres. 50 <laughs> acres right five zero acres the octagon encompass so how do you check your work I mean the only way to check your work is to be high up in the air well how would how did they do that you know three thousand years ago or whatever and the site is built on an 18 and a half year lunar cycle so all this dirt's piled up and every 18 and a half years that 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 you know the moon comes right up there it is. 18 and a half year lunar cycle. So, Native Americans with all due respect, to Native Americans had no idea of the metonic cycle, the 18 and a half year lunar cycle. Europeans didn't have any idea. Most people had no clue. Now, the Book of Enoch tells us that a fallen angel by the name of Sariel handed this information to mankind. Okay? So, let's say we're we we go we we jumped down 3 or 4,000 years ago. And we look at the moon and we go, wow, you know, the moon seems to be appearing and then disappearing in different places. And we go, yeah, you know, let's try to track this. Okay, great. So he put some stakes in the ground and we put notches where the moon comes up, two stakes. And we line the two stakes on in the cleft of a mountain in the distance. And then to the right of us, we've got other two stakes. We line those up to another object and that's where the moon wanes, goes away. So we do this for about 20 nights Got a lot of notches on the stick. Not sure how we're going to translate all this data. Not really sure how we're going to, you know, write all this on some deer hide. Oh, and with what writing implement are we going to use? Okay, so we'll figure all that out. (laughs) So after 20 nights, we get five days of rain. We can't see the moon. Now what? And here's something perplexing. How would you know where you were? When you jump in and you start tracking the moon, the cycle of the moon, are you in year 3, you're 17, you're 6, you're 12, you have no idea where you are. How do you crunch the data, Heidi? How do you do that? And this is like the elephant in the room that you know the archaeologists, well they did it, that shows that they could do it. Well, that's a straw man argument, pal, because you know, you don't know how they did it, and Native Americans say that they don't know how they did it because they didn't do it. And this is this is the elephant in the room. And all these sites, many of them, are built on an 18-and-a-half-year lunar cycle. America Stonehenge, we have two films there. Uh, America Stonehenge, uh, The Canaanite Connection, and the second film is The Axis Monday, The Center of the World. That site is built on an 18-and-a-half-year lunar cycle. And we don't have time to get into the absolutely, what I believe is the, the most... Uh, incredible archaeological discovery of the 21st century, which no one is talking about in archaeological circles, of course, because Kelsey Stone isn't an archaeologist. But he discovered something which is absolutely mind-boggling. He grew up on that site. There's a summer solstice standing stone. So when you stand in the center of his site and you look out to that summer solstice standing stone, which is embedded in the ground and weighs about three tons, guess what? The sun comes popping right over that baby. So why did they do this? So Kelsey Stone's on Google Earth. And he's dialing this in and he goes, well, gee, I wonder if I draw a line from the center of my hand out to the somersault sustaining zone. I wonder if it goes over my house. Wow. It kind of comes pretty close to the house. That's pretty cool. I wonder where else it goes. So he starts extending a line on Google earth. He's out over the Atlantic. He goes by Nova Scotia. He goes through Ireland. He finds himself in southern England. And he knows, he says, well, wow, I wonder if there's a connectivity between, you know, our, our site, the summer solstice Standing Stone, so there's two points, and maybe, maybe Stonehenge, England. So he starts to zoom in on Stonehenge, and to his utter amazement, the line, which is sighted, remember, okay, you, any, any two points you can connect, but three points, that's something different. So he's got the center of his site out to the summer solstice Standing Stone. It's about 80 yards away. If it's moved to the left two feet, he's not going to wind up in Stonehenge. To the right two feet, same thing. That line, Heidi, intersects the center triathlon at Stonehenge one. Oh. That is an impossibility unless you're triangulating from the air. Okay. It is the most, yeah. It is the most astounding, the most astounding archaeological discovery in modernity, in my opinion.
1: Unbelievable. And nobody cares. You know, with uh, all of this work, you, you have such a, a broad range of things that that you pull together. And I know what drives me in my work. And I know the message I'm trying to get across to people. So what is it that your ultimate goal is that you're trying to get across to folks?
6: That we live in a supernatural world, that we have been invaded, that the Genesis 3.15 narrative that the seed of a serpent will be at enmity with the seed of the woman is, is paramount to any understanding of the biblical narrative. Is, in, in order for a person to understand what is happening on this planet, they must come to grips with Genesis 3.15 and understand that it is a seed war that we're involved in. And that seed war is ongoing and creeps into modernity specifically, but not limited to the alien abduction phenomena and the hybrids that we're seeing, including black-eyed kids and hybrid entities and on and on it goes. Their seed will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not cleave to them. The book of Daniel, sealed book for thousands of years, and now it's open in these latter days. Why? Because men will run to and fro over the face of the earth and knowledge will increase. That's where we are. Men run to and fro over the face of the earth. Men and women run to and fro over the face of the earth. Knowledge increases exponentially. Book of Daniel is now unsealed. We can look at it and understand that the seed that he's talking about is not the seed of men. Their seed will mingle with the seed of men. What does that mean? How can men's seed mingle? It's not man's seed. It's another seed. It goes back to Genesis 3.15, which is why it's, it's absolutely paramount to come to grips and understanding of what
1: that scripture means. Wow, it's powerful. My goodness. It, there's uh, a lot of people that are thinking we're in the end times these days. How are you feeling about these uh, days we're in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that um,
6: especially with the, the revealing of a so-called extraterrestrial presence, which is supposed to happen in June, and they're trotting stuff out all the time, uh, something, something is, is about to happen. There's a saying I coined a few years ago, we go up, they show up. We go up, they come down. And something is restraining uh, the whole UFO phenomena just from busting open, right? Something is restraining. And I believe it is the spirit of a living God, which is saying, nope, not yet. Nope, not yet. Not till the church is taken up. So we'll see. We'll see who's right.
1: (laughs) So where are you going next? What's uh, next on
6: your agenda? Well, I'm I'm redoing the UFO film because it's absolutely needed. I'm re-editing it, as I said earlier. And I'm also doing, right after that, we'll do uh, volume two, Episode two of that, because there is volume one, part one, part two, where we, I sat down with Nick Pope, Nick Redford, uh, George Norrie, and others, and talking about UFO disclosure. Uh, so people need to understand that we're we're not in Kansas anymore. And the cat's out of the bag, time to wake up
1: that's a good way of putting it i i like uh you're saying how uh you travel the world to dig up new truths and create uh revolutionary content for your community of followers and uh you combine the current events prophecy and the supernatural and, and it takes all of that effort to really uh fine-tune and 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 make a clear path in people's minds To draw their own conclusions, because like you're saying, it's like you can't cram these things down people's throats. But if they ask you, you're going to tell them. And we really need to take that time, I think. You know, and especially I find when when somebody loses somebody important in their life, all of a sudden they start contemplating, "Is this all there is? You know, (laughs) where are we going? Oh, I better figure out how to pray." You know, and it's like I think that just like any muscle, you you should uh, you know maintain it and and (laughs) keep your focus steady instead of jumping and stopping and jumping and stopping and being so hard on ourselves like we're flawed human beings and suddenly we're supposed to be absolutely perfect in our belief system it it takes a lot of bits of input that helps uh, get that picture even clearer and your work truly helps reach out to all those different corners so I really appreciate your work
6: Thank you, Heidi. That's really very kind of you to say that, and it's uh,
1: an honor and a pleasure to be on your show. Really appreciate it. Oh my goodness, this has been fun. So, how can people again get a hold of you and see your work? Best way is lamarzuli.net.
6: La marzuli.net. You can procure all the books, all the DVDs, or if you just want to rent the DVDs, you can go to streaming.lamarzuli.net streaming.lamarzuli.net and watch uh, the entire series of Amitrella of a Nephilim and also our Fatima films.
1: Wow. Thank you so much. This has been so enlightening and so much fun. Ellie Marzulli, everyone. And I want to welcome you the listener to go to my main website, which is Heidi Hollis.com or shadow folks.com. And, uh, Write me. Tell me what's going on in your lives. What is it that you've experienced that's out of the ordinary? And the more detail the better. And also follow me on Instagram at the Outlanders Comic and at one Heidi Hollis. So the Outlanderscomic that is my paranormal comic strip. I am pulling all of the facts and figures of the paranormal world and just absolute silliness into my comics. It's all I ever wanted to be growing up was to be a comic strip artist. And oh boy, I've kind of steered astray from it, but it's okay, I'm having fun. But uh, yeah, so I really want to hear, have you had angel encounters? Are you having weird dreams with the COVID vaccination? That's a thing, I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, What do you think about the disclosure that's about to happen? Write me, tell me what's on your mind, tell me about your research, tell me about your experience, and I will feature it here on the show, or you could be a guest on this show. You've been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and we will catch you next time. Stay safe. Stay well. Goodbye, everybody. See you next time.